everyone. Welcome back to the Pathfinder podcast. Today I'm joined with Emma Meehan from Precision Sports Technology. Emma, thanks very much for joining us today. Can you tell us a bit about your background and what Precision Sports Technology does? Sure. Thanks for having me on, Ian. So to give the quick one-liner on what Precision Sports Technology do, we are developing software using LiDAR technology to provide real-time feedback and analysis on exercise movement technique. So to reduce risk of injury, enhance performance and increase participation in strength conditioning type exercises. So just to give a bit of background on myself, I'm a real techie software engineer. So originally I did my degree in NUIG in computer science and information technology. So I graduated from there in 2018 and some of the modules we would have done in final year would have been in the areas of machine learning, artificial intelligence and graphics and image processing which really kind of stemmed my interest in this area. And outside of um, my professional life, I love to spend most of my time weightlifting and fitness. They're my real passions. So I compete in weightlifting across the country. I've done a couple of competitions and I'm also a qualified personal trainer. So the gym is my big obsession. And I noticed when I was training in the gym that my technique was incorrect in the mirror. And I knew that if I continued to lift the way I was lifting, that I could potentially injure myself or just not be able to uh, progress in my program. And I thought like, why do I have to try and hire a personal trainer to watch every single session that I'm doing in the gym or that I have to manually send videos back and forward to my trainer so they can provide feedback to me on my exercises. So I was coming up with an idea for my final year project in college and I decided to use the Xbox Connect, which I had at home to try and develop a system to provide real-time feedback on my weightlifting technique in the gym. So I built that on just a couple of exercises, the squat, overhead press, and deadlift. And the project went super well. And some of my supervisors on the project were saying, why don't you go make a startup out of this? And I thought, oh, I'd love to, but I have a contract with Cisco that I want to go with. So I went to work with Cisco then for a couple of years to get the experience primarily, but I also just wanted a nice break after college to have a bit of a lifestyle, working Monday to Friday, nine to five, live the good life and go on a couple of holidays, which unfortunately were cut, cut a bit short during COVID, but uh, we'll get over that bit. So I got the opportunity to then leave Cisco last October and um, to go full-time on my startup, which I had been kind of developing over the couple of years, just on weekends. So I progressed from the Xbox Connect to the Intel RealSense camera, which is a LiDAR camera, which is much more portable, cheaper, and way more accurate than the Xbox Connect. So I joined the New Frontiers program with Enterprise Ireland, and I got a position on the New Frontiers Phase 2 program, which meant that I was able to then leave my, my job with Cisco and go full-time on the startup. So over the past six months, we've been going deep into customer development, customer interviews, getting the prototype fully built out, and developing the pitch and business plan and all those other bits that come along with startups. Great. Thanks very much. So your application of using LiDAR to basically monitor human body movements is quite unique and interesting. Typically, when businesses are dealing with data, it tends to be very transactional data that has been saved, stored in a very much a spreadsheet type format. It's captured in a very convenient way, whether that's digitally or using IoT sensors or something like that. 
Either way, the data tends to come in a format that's quite easy to work with. But when you're measuring something that's a lot more fluid, like in the real world, like human body movement, the problem is very different. So can you talk us through the type of technology that you use to, uh, like you mentioned LiDAR, the Xbox Connect, and the RealSense camera. Can you explain what LiDAR is for our listeners and how it can capture this type of movement easily and the type of accuracies and, and how reliable it is? Sure. So LiDAR stands for light detection and ranging. So it's essentially lasers that are beamed out from the camera and returned, kind of similar to the way echolocation works in um, bats and dolphins. So it doesn't necessarily require all the heavy processing that needs to be done for an RGB camera. So for your typical RGB cameras, they have to first filter out, like, is there a person there? And then compute, okay, is there a joint here? And just get to that stage to recognize, okay, here's where someone's elbow is. It takes a huge amount of processing. Whereas for LiDAR, it's much quicker and easier to just cast a shadow of what you're looking at and then use a much lighter AI system to pick out all the individual joints. So really, timing has been uh, definitely in our favor in that LiDAR has progressed so much in terms of the software development kits that are available, AI systems that can be easily deployed, and the pricing of the systems that has come down so much in the last few years. Like LiDAR cameras were thought to be very prohibitive for self-driving cars. So many self-driving cars now are using a mixture of RGB and LiDAR. And they were moving from LiDAR to RGB because of the cost for LiDAR. But now they're actually saying LiDAR is essential for getting that high accuracy depth data in close to real time. So one of the huge advantages in timing for us is that the latest iPhone 12, 13 and iPad Pro models now have LiDAR built in. So that means we'll be able to deploy our technology in someone's pocket if they have the new iPhone or iPad, regardless of needing these additional LiDAR sensors which are much more accessible now. The likes of the Intel RealSense is around the $300 mark. And there's also another provider called OakD that are selling LiDAR sensors to around the $200 mark, which is much more accessible than the previous systems that were there. So traditionally for biomechanical analysis, for getting highly accurate joint data, sports science research institutions would implement massive multi-camera markered systems. They traditionally see in animation studios where there'd be an array of cameras around a room and someone may have to wear a suit that has particular points on the body so they can uh, detect the person. But due to the advances in LiDAR and algorithms, we believe that we can try and bring these clinical systems down to a um, handheld and portable mobile level. So one thing you mentioned there was how LiDAR is coming down in price. I remember looking at LiDAR maybe about six years ago and at the time, the cheapest LiDAR sensors to buy wholesale were about a thousand euros. Now, if it's possible to put them in in iPhones at a competitive price, that's obviously come down. But how economically viable are they compared to typical RGB cameras? And just for everyone uh, listening, an RGB camera is basically your 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 regular colored camera that you have on your phone. I mean, your RGB camera is going to be far cheaper, far more accessible. Because I'm sure if someone just looks around the room they have right now, they probably have, you know, multiple RGB cameras lying around. They might have a few on their phone, some on their laptop, some on different devices around the place. So they're much easier to access. But what we found so far from our research is that the amount of processing 
to get the level of accuracy that we want from an RGB camera is prohibitive to the kind of service that we want to deliver on our product. So we're looking to provide real-time feedback on a pair joint basis. So if someone is performing the exercise, that a color will flash in front of them on their joint in real time to indicate if their joint's in the correct position or not. So people can self-correct in real time as opposed to having to wait around for further analysis, which we think is going to be probably the, the unique selling point of our product. And just give us an idea of then the accuracies, because when you hear the LiDAR sensors are coming down in price, you might think that, well, maybe that's because they're actually not as accurate as they used to be, or they're not as accurate as the premium ones. Is that the case or are they, or, or is it just that the technology is becoming cheaper to develop and are they as accurate as like the thousand euro or the 2000 euro sensors? So I believe they compare very similar to the 1,000 and 2,000-euro mark. But where we're looking to narrow the gap is to try and see, can our LiDAR sensors compare to the uh, multi-camera market systems, which are around the two to 300-euro, sorry, two to 300,000-euro price mark. So large six-figure sums that a lot of these institutions are paying out to get their biomechanical analysis and data. So we believe that's such a massive saving in terms of money. If we can match that even at a 90, 95% of accuracy, that that will solve a massive problems for a huge range of people. So bringing it from like a high expertise research center down to small clinics that will find it effective in their, uh, in their service. Sure, and it'll make it a lot more accessible for everyone to use then. So typically when we're working with computer vision applications, we design them in a way that they, they basically search images to identify target patterns, right? So uh, that we would have trained trained them to identify from our data set. And they're, they tend to be very precise because like if we're training default detection, we know what, uh, what a failed product looks like. We know what a crack looks like. But when you're dealing with things like human pose, very slight differences might be wrong. Now, now this is just my perception of, of what the problem could be. Very slight differences might be wrong that even the human eye can't pick up on. So I'm just curious on how you build your your target as to what you want to achieve and map that to your human in order to give them the outcome. Did you have to build like a large data set of uh, a lot of people doing the same poses or what was the process in doing that? Oh yeah, it's a very significant challenge and it's still ongoing. So at the moment, I have an early stage prototype developed that I've really only tested on myself. So we're looking to deploy our first iteration of our MVP, our minimum viable product, into sports science research institutions in the upcoming academic year. So what we're going to be doing with them is to start collecting a huge amount of biomechanical data from various different students and volunteers towards the system. So we need to take into account different ages. So ideally people as young as teenagers just going through their growth phase all the way up to elderly. And there's all different factors that need to be taken into account for a movement analysis because no one and uh, no two people's movements are the same. And what could be correct for some person, another person may not be able to achieve down to their mobility. So their age, weight, gender, their training age, how long they've been in a particular sport their general activity level, whether they're sedentary or lead a very active lifestyle, these all factor into um, the scoring system for the analysis that we're trying to develop. 
So we'll be working continuously with the sport and science research institutions to build out this data set and ensure that we're um, delivering the right value for what we're trying to achieve with our application is to try and get the safest and most effective movement for a person based on uh, their own experiences and their own body. So Emma, you have a very technical background in software engineering. You worked with Cisco for a number of years. So a lot of our listeners will have less technical backgrounds and they'll be wondering how can they start this journey and how, how can they learn to, to adapt this technology to their own applications? I'm just curious as to how difficult the SDKs and so the software development kits are to learn and get a handle on. I mean, it's just become massively easier in the last five years even, because when I was just starting off looking at this, it was really only the Xbox Connect SDK that was available. And they're still available online now. So the um, Connect SDK version two is the most recent one available. And I think that's the one they're just going to keep with because they kind of killed the Connect now, essentially, because there was the V1 and V2 sensor. The V1 was the, the most common one at the time, the one that really hit uh, the mass market. So their software development kit is super easy to use because once you stand in front of it, it provides you uh, 3D coordinates of all the joints of a skeleton. They call it the standing in front of the camera. And they provide uh, SDKs in C Sharp, C++. And I think that's the same with Intel as well that you can do it in Python as well. So a number of different uh, programming languages that you can use to access these kits. So the Connect is super easy to use. And there's also a huge amount of ones available now from Google. So Google have a post-tracking SDK with computer vision that you can use on an RGB camera. TensorFlow have a pose estimation, open source algorithm out that you can play around with. And Apple have launched their recent AR Kit 5, um, which you can use to test out LiDAR for all the new iPhones and iPads that have the LiDAR sensor built in. It's definitely one of the, the very interesting and intuitive apps I found recently with the iPhone LiDAR is their ikea app where you can just show a picture of your sitting room and it'll show you exactly how a couch will fit into it if you're looking to get a couch from ikea which is a really interesting use of lidar because it's utilizing that that depth technology so definitely recommend playing around with the various kits because uh, they're usually very accessible in an array of languages whether you're experienced in python or an or object-oriented type language like c or c sharp or java great thanks very much emma for joining us today and telling us about your product it's fascinating to see this technology finally advancing to the stage that can be used for monitoring human poses in the gym i remember in my first startup we were doing 3d scanning on cameras so photogrammetry and there's a lot of talk about applications like this back then, but the technology wasn't advanced enough. So it's, it's great to see that things are finally getting to that point. So thank you very much for joining us today. I think there's a lot there that our listeners can get a lot of value out of. Great. Thanks so much, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. And that is it for this week's Pathfinder podcast. I would like to thank Emma Meehan for joining us today to tell us about their work at Precision Sports Technologies using LiDAR sensors to monitor the poses of athletes in the gym. Mm-hmm.